Hey, kids, what time is it? Time for another episode of Brio TV, the podcast. I'm your host, Bill Brio. Today's show is brought to you by three terrific sponsors, Hollywood Suite, Super Channel, and CTV. I like my podcast guests to feel as comfortable as possible when we do these conversations over Zoom. So when I clicked on our Zoom meeting, I was really glad to see my latest guest all set in a very comfy spot, her bed. It's from my bed. <laughs> so oh, that's, tired. that's fantastic. Good. I'm very, uh, I'm glad you're comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm just so tired. I was like, maybe I'll, I should probably pretend that I'm, I'm active today. And then I thought, you know what? No, I just did a 70 hour week. I'm just going to sit here in bed. Oh, well, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm so uh, thankful that uh, after such a hard week, you've made a little time for me. So thank you very much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Are you busy working on season three already? Is that what you're doing? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we are almost done season three. Uh, wow. We are uh, two weeks away from wrapping up season three. Well, um Congrats on that. And let me let me Thank quickly uh, introduce you. Uh, my guest today is, uh, well, she stars as Lydia in the rollicking CBC comedy drama Moonshine. She has an impressive list of credits starring in several U.S. network series, including Tyrant, and won three Emmy Awards in a row in her first big role on The Bold and the Beautiful. Please say hello to Jennifer Finnegan. Jennifer. Lovely That's to see. A nice you. intro. Thank you for that. <laughs> well, easy to do for you. Your list is impressive, and uh, congrats on Moonshine. Listen, I watched. I watched the first uh, new episode of season two. Uh, this show gets off to a very steamy start. Uh, uh, this, you know, oh my god, you and do you think Alan- the, um, is the CBC audience prepared for that? Uh- I, that first episode I, I think they're not only prepared they're starving for and uh <laughs> so you're there you are with our our lad alan hocko the snickerdoodle biker boy from uh, moonshine and he's all over you like a dirty shirt uh wow you have you must be having a lot of fun it was a grand old time uh <laughs> yes it was yeah i mean you know it's part of the job bill what can i say sometimes i have to make out with good-looking boys but it, it's such a, a romantic uh, start. You know, you've got uh, Lydia, uh, to just to bring viewers up to date from season one, you know, she's met this guy and her life has kind of, you know, not been very romantic for a while. So, right. So we revisit uh, and uh, Lydia Bennett is she's her hair is windblown and you can see <laughs> that the sun is going down behind you like it's your, so there's a fantasy that's happening and it's <laughs> really well shot it's a lot of fun it was so fun i mean season one was you know lydia just trying to figure out like how to manage this new life that she'd chosen which was okay i am uh, leaving my husband i am staying in this small town i'm going to try to you know live in a trailer <laughs> and um and so she uh you know it was just sort of a, a i guess the, the overriding theme with lydia is just discovering herself her new self and it's probably my favorite thing about playing this part and about working for sherry elwood because she knows she so adeptly writes for for women in their 40s because i think 
often it's it's sort of portrayed on television as oh 40s okay you're a mom now and you know that's it and life is over um so it's so refreshing to to see this like multifaceted woman that she's created who you know uh has had all these different phases in her life and she you know has always been a wife and a mother that's what she's been for the last 18 years and so to see her finally get a chance to rediscover who she is as a woman um to rediscover her sensuality and sexuality um and uh i think it's important to show that and it was really really fun to play yeah no i'm I'm sure it was um it is a bit cruel uh, having an architect uh, live in a trailer though (laughs) (laughs) i know and she's not going anywhere spoiler alert i'm just finishing season three she's still living in that piece of crap good for her what the hell Less, less, less housework to do. Um, uh, you, you mentioned your character, uh, is uh, newly single. Um, and what's fun is that your real life husband, Jonathan Silverman, is playing, uh, your husband, your ex-husband on at the uh, beginning of season one. Um, yes. What's that? He's playing like a cad, really. Like, you know, yes, yes. He's definitely a cad. Sherry, uh, the showrunner asked, uh, how I felt. She said, God, my God, you're dragging him all the way here to Nova Scotia. Um, you know, we have a, we have a, well, actually she turned five yesterday, but we have a, yeah. an amazing little girl. And wow. so we, you know, we can't just do the thing we used to do, which is, okay, Johnny, I'm going to go work in Budapest or Israel and yeah. you're just going to come visit me every few weeks. We can't do that anymore because there's a little kid in the mix. So, um, basically we, uh, you know, we travel together like a little, a little circus and, uh, um, so yeah, so Sherry said, Oh God, if we have to bring him all the way here, we've got to get him on the show. Plus he's fantastic. So it's yeah. just a bonus. Uh, she said, uh, what do you think about playing your husband? And I went, well, we've worked together so many times, but I sort of have a, a rule. Uh, I don't like to play, uh, a romance between us. I just find that. A little bit awkward. We know each other. We've been together for 18 years, Bill. We know each other. We just know each other so well that I I don't want to play meet cute with my husband of 18 years. (laughs) I want, I want, since we have such a peaceful life at home, we're not big fighters. I'm like, as long as he is a douchebag, a tool, a douchebag, as long as we're at odds with each other, as long as we're arguing, then you can do it. She goes, well, that's perfect because he cheats on you in the pilot and he's a complete idiot. Uh, and I was like, first of all, that will be so much fun for us. Right. Uh, and secondly, I think he'll be so grateful to be able to exercise his creative muscles while he's being a stay-at-home dad in Nova Scotia for four months a year. And, and how does he feel about playing a douchebag? It's his favorite thing. Are you kidding? <laughs> Johnny has a Johnny has a, 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 a reputation for being a complete, as they say in Yiddish, mensch. He's right. a uh, right. Yeah, he's just a really good guy. Uh, can't no one says a bad word about Johnny, so it's so fun for him. he's very good at playing uh, oh, a well, creeper. This is a stretch <laughs> for him, then that's good. I, <laughs> yeah. I actually interviewed uh, your husband many years ago. I was working for TV. We did a cover story. It was an odd one, and it was back when the single guy was on uh, Thursday nights on NBC, and uh, they, uh, somebody had the idea because he was great friends with. Um, 
Uh, oh, David Schwimmer. David Schwimmer. So we put the two of them on the cover and did sort of a friend's and I got to write it, so I had a lot of Oh, time my God. Well, they also them. did, like, a crossover episode, I think, right? I so think that they did. Yeah, yeah. So it was fun. <laughs> got to know him a bit then. Yeah. Uh, David is his oldest friend. They uh, they went to, to high school together. That's wild. We'll be right back with Jennifer Finnegan in just a moment. Get set for a month of hell-raising horror as Shocktober returns for another season on Hollywood Suite. It all kicks off with the premiere of Cinema A to Z, Monsters, the docuseries which launches October 16th, explores why we are all collectively attracted to monsters on film. Guiding us through everything from Anaconda to the Witches of Eastwick are interviews with film experts and fans, including our very own Emily Gagne. In fact, that's why Emily is not doing our usual Hollywood Suite message today. She's wanted on the set. Additional Shocktober premieres include The Tingler, Let's Scare Jessica to Death, A Nightmare on Elm Street, The People Under the Stairs, Hellboy, one of my favorites, Shaun of the Dead, and of course, The Babadook. Viewers can also stream 100 Halloween favorites on Hollywood Suite on Demand starting October 1st. So this month, Make sure to watch Cinema A to Z Monsters. You can fang me later. Here she is again, Jennifer Finnegan. Let's talk a bit about your background growing up in Montreal. Um, you um, uh, Obviously, you were a student there. Tell me a bit, what, when did you first think that acting is something that you would like to do uh i i don't know i think i, I was i mean i'll start it off with i was a uh, extremely shy as a kid um you know we didn't have labels for it then i, I think i probably dealt with some really bad anxiety mm. um which back in the 80s we framed as painfully shy uh and uh so i just i struggled with that growing up i had i had friends i was really social um, but I, I was just, uh, yeah, really, really, really shy mm. and, um, it hindered me a lot, you know, it sort of held me back. And so when I was, I remember when I was 12, I think I was 12 or 13, I spent a lot of time at the library and I, <laughs> I said to my parents, I don't know why I lied about it, but I had seen an article, not an article, but like a little, um, write up somewhere about city hall having a community theater class for young people and i think i saw the little ad in the uh, in the library and so i didn't tell my parents i told them i was going to the library as usual after school but i i went and tried the class um and i it was like a whole world opened up for me um improving and you know uh, uh just doing those fun like drama exercises and meeting new people and being able to essentially hide behind create you know characters I could create um and it really opened me up 
and uh, I believe we had written a play and I was the lead of that play. And that was when I told my parents, Oh, I haven't actually just been at the library. I've been taking this, <laughs> this drama class. Um, and they were like, why didn't you tell us like what a weird thing to hide? And I said, I know, I know. I just, I, I've been, I, I've just, I didn't know if I would like it and I love it. And so will you come see my play? Um, and I remember it was a comedy and I was the lead of the play and I got so many laughs and I just, I didn't even know I was capable of that, you know? Wow. Um, and then I kept sort of doing it on the side. And then in high school, they incorporated a little bit into, you know, our high school program. So I was always trying to do all the little plays and things. And then uh, I remember I went to Dawson College. And at the time, it was still very much a hobby. I was studying liberal arts. Mm-hmm. And uh, as weird story, but this... Uh, a friend of mine said, oh, I'm going to go audition for this little independent that this film student is making. Will you come with me? I'm nervous. So I went with her. She auditioned. And then <laughs> the classic story. Uh, the you got it. And she turned, did. Yeah. Well, I didn't audition, but the director turned to me and he said, would you be willing to audition? Wow. And I just sort of looked at my friend awkwardly and was like, is that okay? She said, sure. And yes, yes, I did get it. Oh. Uh, and then I remember winning an award for that short and thinking, huh, well, maybe that is something I would do. And the, one of the girls I beat out for the for Best Actress, instead of any animosity, she reached out to me and said, I think you're very good, and I think you should meet my agent. And she hooked me up with an agent, and that's how it all began. That's incredible. Here's so many stories of Montreal um, at that time in particular. I mean, I see one of your credits is, Are You Afraid of the Dark, which I think was almost a – Everybody had to do that show. Uh, That's a rite of passage, my friend. <laughs> but you would have been in there in the mix with a lot of other names that went on to have careers, didn't you? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I had a great time on that. It was so fun. And, and uh, I think my first job was called The Mystery Files of Shelby Woo, which was a, and I think it was a Nickelodeon kid show. It was uh, Pat Morita from uh, Karate Kid. Oh, wow. And uh, I played a, a, a really mean cheerleader who uh, wore pigtails and a string of pearls. Uh, <laughs> my first, That's my great. first scene ever. Uh, I remember I looked right down the barrel of the camera to say my line. First, I looked right down at the floor for my mark. And then I looked into the barrel of the camera to say <laughs> my line. And the, they yelled cut. And the director came over and said, is this your first time on camera? And I was like, yeah. He said, okay, we don't look into the camera. We look, we look at the person standing next to the camera to wow. deliver the line. Yeah. Well, it seems like you got the hang of it uh, pretty, pretty well. <laughs> I'm uh, still working on it. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it interesting though? I've heard a number of uh, actors, actresses who said this, that, you expect everybody to be extroverted, but actually it's the opposite that, that a lot of people are shy who get into the business and maybe want to be somebody else. Right. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, I'm sure there's a lot of, uh, you know, intricate psychology to this whole thing, but, uh, yeah, I really credit it, uh, for really, you know, helping me figure myself out and find confidence and self-esteem and, um, yeah. Yeah, it's well, been it's been a real gift. And well, and I think, you know, there's no uh question that what refuels me at the end of the day is spending time by myself. I'm on a, I'm also an only child, so that's just ah. something I yeah, I feed off of. But me, there's me nothing too. like 
Really? Yeah, okay. yeah. I always so tell people my it. brother was an only child, but uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I didn't have any siblings. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I um, love being on a set. I love yeah, being on a set surrounded I bet. by people. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you were young, um, well, that answers one question. Were you part of a big family like on uh, like the clan, the Finley Cullens on Moonshine? But um, did you ever, did you go to um, a lodge? Was there a family holiday place like they have on Moonshine that you, you guys went to? Uh, no, uh, but we did have a cottage, this little shack um, in Ontario on Lake, well, not on Lake Simcoe, sort of right near it. Um, so every summer I got to experience what every kid should experience, you know, riding bikes, being free, being curious, um, running around in nature and parks and lakes. Um, and so actually spending summers here and bringing my kid here to Nova Scotia, uh, it's, I've been able to give her that and I'm so grateful for it. Yeah, she must be having fun. That's great. It's uh, How about yourself? It must be. I mean, as you mentioned in other projects, I guess you mentioned Budapest. That must have been Tyrant, I guess. Uh, yeah, Tyrant. The pilot of Tyrant filmed in Morocco. Uh, the, se- the season one filmed in Tel Aviv, or in and around Israel. Wow. Uh, and then we got, we got caught in a war while we were there. Um, and uh, production kept us there. And so for quite a few it was a very bad war too and it escalated quickly um and by the time we were finally evacuated uh we were being air uh, aerated six times a day um oh it was i remember my i lived in a high rise and it was right in the middle of the city so you could see where the missiles were being intercepted by the iron dome and uh i so you would hear the alarm and then you would hear the explosion and then there might be shrapnel falling from the sky uh, it was, uh, I, I was going through a really rough time. I, I, I had major PTSD and then they evacuated us to Turkey. <laughs> oh my God. Out of the <laughs> frying pan into the fire. <laughs> I know it was, a. it was, it was really crazy. In fact, you know, I wonder sometimes how that never got out, uh, that yeah. story because yeah. we were honestly, you know, told it was safe and we were held there for weeks and, the amount of psychological damage that can do to a pacifist Canadian like myself, you know, in the middle of a war. Israelis are tough, man. They they <laughs> sort of scoff at it and say, oh, why are you so upset? It's just a, it's like a fly. You swat it away. Don't even pay attention. But for me, I was, you know, I was really freaked out. Every every uh, apartment or condo there has a bomb shelter. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. That's so, and crazy. Then, yeah, so smartly they moved us to uh, Budapest for seasons two and three. Now, I've been to Budapest. That's a very interesting city, isn't it? Uh, yes. I don't know if you went to the Death House. There was a Oh, yes, the oh, Museum of Death. Boy, you never, you never forget that place, do you? It's a memorial for, uh, well, I mean, it was an actual building where the Nazis had uh, set up and then later the KGB, right? It was just a yeah. terrifying place, so it... Oh, actually, that's what it's called, Bill, the Museum of Terror. Yeah, and it sort of details their history from being occupied by the Nazis to going directly into being, uh, you know, into into communism. Um, Yeah. yeah. Very sad uh, eye-opener, for sure. More with Jennifer in just 60 seconds. Big birds flying across the skies Growing chairs 
There's no place like CTV Comedy this fall when the brand new original series, Acting Good, premieres Monday, October 17th. Shot in Manitoba, the irreverent 10-episode comedy is loosely based on the life of Anishinaabe stand-up comedian Paul Rabliuskas. He stars as Paul, who, after a botched attempt to move to the big city of Winnipeg, retreats back to his eccentric family in the fly-in First Nation community of Grouse Lake. Tina Keeper and Pat Thornton are among the other stars, with award-winning Michael Grayeyes directing the opener. Acting Good launches on the 25th anniversary of CTV Comedy, the number one entertainment specialty channel in Canada for the fourth consecutive year. You can also stream it on demand at ctv.ca and the CTV app. So get into Acting Good this fall on CTV Comedy, and don't miss new hour-long dramas East New York and Alaska Daily starting this month on CTV. And we're back with Jennifer Finnegan, star of CBC's Moonshine. And now you find yourself in uh, Nova Scotia. Like an actor's life is a gypsy life, so you've you've seen so many wonderful things. But um, to talk a bit about being where you are now, this must be obviously so opposite from that. Although I guess maybe you're dodging uh, storms now. (laughs) Did you get uh, glanced by the hurricane that went up the coast? We did get uh, yeah, more than glanced by the storm. We wow. uh, yeah, we got slammed by the storm. Oh wow! Um, so uh, we kept shooting throughout the day, and then uh, everyone got off a little bit earlier. And I battened down my hatches. We actually own a house here now, so nice. um, I spent hours <laughs> just you know hurling furniture into the garage and wow uh shutting everything down and yeah we all lost power every member of the cast lost power for for quite a few days um but the sweetest thing is the day after the storm we all checked in with each other nobody had power so we were all just texting each other and anastasia who plays rianne had a wood stove in her house which none of us had and it was a very chilly day so um we got a group text to get in fact we have a giant group text that we text each other all day and night uh while we're working together and while we're not working together um so we group texted and said everyone meet at anastasia's bring whatever supplies you have and we went over there and it was like christmas morning or something we all just (laughs) we pooled our resources we all you know we're wearing like pajamas sitting around the wood stove cooking on the uh, wood stove top and making coffee and wow farid was outside cooking meat and uh on the barbecue and we had wine and we played balderdash oh my uh, god this sounds fantastic we have a love affair with each other like no other that's great. Well, I'm sure Emma Hunter is on the series. She must crack you up uh, half the day. Oh, right? my God. We are thick as thieves, that girl and I. Uh, <laughs> I knew it, too. I remember I saw her audition, and I said, Sherry, she's the one. And also, we're going to be best friends. I just know it. Uh, and indeed, we are extremely close. We make each other laugh so hard. That's all we do all day. We just we laugh and laugh and our characters, my character is increasingly more ridiculous. So I just, I just try to, I just try to crack her up all day. <laughs> how, how did you uh, become uh, part of this show? Talk about uh, Sherry Elwood and, uh, and the series. And I guess, is it a lot of it based on her own memories growing up? 
Yeah, I think, you know, she's always said she wanted to create a show that would bring her home. Oh, nice. Hmm. Um, and she is inspired a lot by her life. I mean, uh, as far as I know, Call Me Fits, which was another one of her shows. Great show. Was in- yeah, yeah, was yeah. inspired by her brother, who was a car dealer. Who, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think Jason Priestley, Jason Priestley you know, yeah. was her was playing her brother essentially. And yeah, this is just inspired by a lot of the characters that she grew up with. Um, you know, she's taken elements of her siblings, elements of family members, and infused all the characters with their quirkiness. Um, and uh, I don't know if you know this, but we shoot on her family's actual campground. No. Yep, that's how meta this is. Oh, wow. That is fantastic. It's wild. I mean, her, her, like her, I see she unfortunately very, very sadly lost her mom uh, just uh. before this particular season started shooting. But I have such clear memories of season one and two where her mom would just drive by on her golf cart wave and her dad is always around and That's yeah I mean, it's, it's a working campground we just uh, built our our set right sort of betwixt it incredible i i and and the first episode of season two i believe is dedicated to her mother uh, oh did right they here. do that at the end yeah, i'm so happy yeah, which she was great. beloved absolutely beloved we had a beautiful uh sh- sherry and her family planned a, a beautiful memorial to her at the beginning of the season and the entire town showed up. I mean, wow. she was just loved. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, again, the, the, uh, the show airs on Sundays, I believe Sunday nights at nine o'clock on CBC and CBC gem moonshine. We're talking about, uh, and Jennifer in the first episode, uh, and we're after, uh, this, uh, podcast episode will run after folks have seen episode one. Uh, mm-hmm. a bottle is retrieved that was tossed into the lake, uh, many, many, many years earlier. And it contains yes. wishes. I thought everybody. you were going to talk about the dildo, but I'm so glad you went with the bottle. Well, instead. we could go there too. But <laughs> <laughs> let me, let's, let's put a button in that. Right. Uh, let's start gentle. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, let's go back to the, now I'm discombobulated. Um, but <laughs> there's a note in a bottle and it yes. contains wishes that everybody, uh, sort of wrote down many, many years earlier. And then it's all the, the clan is gathered and they're reading out what happens. It's a clever idea, but it, it's a wonderful way to start a season. It's almost like rebooting the series, isn't it? Yeah, she, I, Sherry does this. She takes, like, I can't even, I wish I could tell you how we start off season three because I'm not even the same person. <laughs> uh, wow. And then I go back to being, you know, the Lydia everybody knows, but it's, she's just so good at sort of flipping everything upside down um and you're and you're absolutely right it resets and then it's sort of like okay the finley collins now have a new adventure and this is how we're starting it yeah did uh did you ever do anything like that when you were young write down uh, goals or uh, you know things that you wanted to do when you grew up um no i i didn't have a I'm actually grateful I never did that because I knew, you know, other people who were like, by 25, I want to be this. And by 28, I want two kids. And no, I'm sort of nonlinear like that. I I try to just allow whatever happened, whatever's, you know, meant to happen will happen in a sense. Um, I believe in timing, (laughs) but I, you know, I never planned ahead like that. You could have written by 25, I want to have won three Emmys. 
Uh, yeah, right? I mean, come on, right? Like, who would have ever thought that? I still, <laughs> I, that, that, I mean, listen, much like Lydia, I've lived so many lives, so many lives. I mean, I look back at that. That was my, my early 20s, 20, I was 20, 21, 22. Amazing. And I had three Emmys and was living in LA and buying, you know, a house there. And I never would have thought, I never, ever, ever would have thought. If you were to write goals for yourself now, yeah. The future what would what would you write do you think uh you know i've never uh i don't strive to be famous that's never been my goal i just want to do good work so if i could continue to be uh lucky enough or fortunate fortunate enough to keep getting good work that is all i would strive for um in terms of my personal life um i just want to be a good mother to this incredibly beautiful child of mine um and i a continued you know successful partnership with my husband that's really all i i want you know i want to work i want i want my my friends and family to be healthy and happy mm, yeah. i don't ask for much i just that's you know that's the stuff that matters to me well happy birthday to her that's uh she just turned five what a sweet Thank age. Um, I, I hope it's better than four, Bill, because, wow, that was a mess. What, what happened with four? <laughs> oh, she's just, she's something called a spirited child, or some people call it a, a deeply feeling kid. And she is, uh, she's just kind of off the charts in every way. You know, everything, every emotion is bigger. And every, you know, when she's joyful, it's like she's just exudes joy. Wow. And when she's angry and upset, like everyone you know, within a 50 mile radius can tell, um, she is, and, and four years old, she was like a little cyclone. Um, but she's easing up and five, five is looking good. Well, that's uh, well, And also, you know, better to know how your youngster is feeling. Right. I think maybe, yes, you know? I, yeah. I think, you know, yeah, yeah y- yes. Kids are, are lucky in that sense that we yeah. have such a, a better vernacular for, mm. you know, wh- who they are and how to, how, how to raise them and help them. You know, that's, that's my goal too, is like, how do I help her be confident and how do I help her be happy? Um, you know, I don't, I, I have no expectations for her as well. I mean, she's, she comes from two crazy gypsy actors who, <laughs> who completed six months of uh, university each uh so if this kid goes to college you know i'd I'd be shocked and thrilled but you know shocked um i just i just want the kid to be to be happy that's all um if she wanted to be an actress would you encourage her i if if acting made her happy i would absolutely support it um but i would want her to go the route i did um and even johnny did in a sense i mean he's he started a tiny bit younger than me, but we uh, we both didn't really start professionally until we were like 18. And I feel like at that age, you have a pretty, you know, I'm good with theater, you know, classes, all of that stuff. But I feel like until you're 17 or 18, I feel like it's a mistake to get into it, to get into it professionally younger than that, mm-hmm. just because the world is hard enough and to be thrown into the professional world of acting and the, the judgment and the critiques and the, you know, all of that stuff that comes along with being in the public eye that young. 
before you're a fully formed person, uh, I think there are dangers there. Interesting, though, both of you having started around 18, but boy, you took off like a rocket, both of you, right? I mean, it, it was yeah. smartly started. Well done. Yeah, thanks. No, we have a, a Johnny and I have a, a similar trajectory. Yeah, yeah in that, that was sense. great. Yeah. We'll be right back with Jennifer Finnegan in just a moment. What's happening this month on Super Channel? Among the new series is How I Got Here, a powerful Super Channel original. This moving docuseries follows second-generation children who accompany their parents back to their country of origin, where they discover the dramatic circumstance that led to their families coming to North America in the first place. See it on Super Channel Heart and Home. If you've been watching Chesapeake Shores on Heart and Home, the series finale concludes Sunday, October 16th. This wraps up the story of four generations of the O'Brien family. Robert Buckley, Megan Ory, Treat Williams, and Brendan Penny are among the cast. See seasons one through five anytime on demand on Super Channel. Meanwhile, new episodes of House of Ho and Cruise Ship Killers can be streamed all month long. Super Channel is available via most cable providers right across Canada and also streams on Amazon Prime Video Channels and Apple TV+. Here she is again, Jennifer Finnegan. Now, uh, we've talked a lot about this. Uh, just We asked about the lodge. Um, <laughs> just going over my notes here. I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything. Uh, and what I'll tell us what else you can about season two, where this might be going with uh, Mr. Alan Hawko's character. Uh, if you, if a lot you of sex, mind. Bill. A lot of sex. Well, you brought up um, the dildo earlier. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. We're um, making up for her, you know, lack of action in season one. Nice uh, yeah, season two is very sexy. Uh, it's it's um, kind of a romp. Uh, by episode two, uh, fans will enjoy a uh, four-minute dance routine. Um, uh, the theme being Lobster Palooza. Uh, <laughs> and uh, just as a, a fun little... A fun little Easter egg there. You may, uh, if you look down, see my toe bandaged up uh, or maybe see me not quite able to keep up as well as I normally would with the other dancers. And that's because I had broken my toe four days prior. No. Yeah. How'd you do that? I was in the middle of a scene with Fareed, who plays Oscar. And I will do anything for just a weird laugh. So I, I kicked the door of my of Felicia's trailer open the way I normally do, but in a sort of a funny way too hard way. And I, uh, I was wearing Crocs and I remember feeling my second toe just bend all the way backward and touch the back of my foot. And then I just saw stars and I very calmly said, um, could we just cut for a second? I think I might've broken my toe. Oh, and I looked down at it and it didn't look quite right, but everyone was like, Oh, it's probably just a sprain. Don't worry. And then what they always say, what I've been asked 
when I'm like mid vomit in the stomach flu or 104 fever and strep throat, or now in this case, do you think maybe you could finish the scene? Uh, and I said, okay. And I worked till midnight oh. um, and I just iced my toe. Uh, the entire time. In fact, it was all the scenes with Aunt Felicia at the table um, in the first episode. And uh, yeah, and I was in crazy amounts of pain. And then I woke up the next morning and the whole thing was purple. Oh, my um, goodness. Yeah. And then they were like, don't forget you have dance rehearsal. Oh, <laughs> so, no. so I rehearsed for this four minute dance routine wearing a gigantic boot um, and then, uh, you know, ripped it off for the actual shoot. The well, things we do, Bill. I, you know, Lydia has a bandage on her forehead all through <laughs> the first episode. So I know. I know. Yeah, it really just all goes crazy from there. There's a lot. To, she gets herself wrapped up in a little bit of criminal activity, um, <laughs> which, you know, of course, in her mind, was she's, she's a businesswoman. She can nail this. She can nail these, you know, yeah. working with these bikers and, and getting into the, um, the crazy hijinks that she does. Uh, so I just love that Lydia always has the best of intentions. If she's going to commit some sort of crime, it will, it will be well done, well committed and, uh, and have a successful outcome. Wow. Well, um, <laughs> keep your feet uh, safe and, uh, best of luck the rest of the way. Um, I just want to ask finally three questions I ask, uh, on these podcasts about television. And uh, the first one is, what are you watching, you and Jonathan, yourself? Or is there a show that you're binging, something you just love to watch now? Um, I just finished Severance. I loved oh, it. Yeah. Uh, I'm currently binging A League of Their Own. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Really well made. Um, and uh, uh, there's some reality shows in there I'm loathe to admit. Give, give me one. Go ahead. Everybody has a guilty pleasure. Okay. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or The Bachelor. It's a toss up. They're awful, but they allow me to sort of turn my mind off and everybody sure. needs that. I, I call moonshine escapism because it's so entertaining and it's such a delight to watch. I just feel like moonshine is what people need in their lives right now. Why do we need to sit down and watch a show about you know, murder and crime. Like, let's just sit and laugh and be delighted and entertained. So I feel Moonshine does that. And for me, at the end of a long, long day, if I'm not watching a scripted show, yes, I'll pop on a mindless reality show for 20 minutes. Something that I can, like, do other things while it's on in the background. <laughs> hey, you know, I used to love just love watching Match Game, right? You know, like, Oh, my God, yes, yes. You need shows like that. Um there's something about uh, Moonshine reminds me a bit of um, the show that was set in Sicily, Alaska. You know, um, oh my goodness, what was it was called? It Northern Exposure. Northern Exposure, right? Oh wow, I've never yeah. gotten that co- that uh, comparison before. Well, you're somewhere sort of isolated, and and yeah. you know, there's um, maybe not moose walking by, but uh, lots of other critters. We have a lot of geese, a lot of some geese. bears. Yeah. yeah. And you've got a, a radio. One of the characters is the town's radio uh, voice, you know? Yes, that's yeah. true. Right, right, right. It's pretty cool. I love that. Yeah. Um, well, that's a good list. Now, when you Thanks. were a youngster growing up in Montreal, um, yeah. w- was there a TV show that you used to run home from school to see or that you just loved as a child? Well, what are we talking like five or six or seven type of thing? Like when I was watching Mr. Dress Up? 
because well, that's a good um, choice. Sure. Do you remember the dog puppet? Do you remember his name? Casey and Finnegan. That's okay. right. And I've had this discussion with Eric McCormick too, because his son is named Finnegan and he, that's how he came up to me at an NBC event so many years ago and said, your last name's Finnegan, right? And I said, yeah. He goes like the dog puppet on Mr. Dress Up. I said, yeah, he said that's my son's name too. That's how, that's how Canadians in Hollywood bond. We talk Jennifer, about Mr. Dress Up. The last person I talked to for a podcast was Eric McCormick, and I started oh, by so asking funny. him. I started by asking, "Is it true your son is named after Finnegan from Casey and Finnegan?" And he gave me that story. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, crazy. I is, know, that's wild. And that's how you can tell a, a Hollywood marriage is going to work because if the husband and wife agree to agree name their child that. after a character on Mr. Dress Up, that is love that is funny i haven't seen him in years but that is wild no i yeah. just didn't say he's such a good just, guy just and janet too yeah that's, that's wild, wild. <laughs> well mr dress a great choice now um yeah. is there uh and you've got great music on moonshine by the way you know a lot yes. of stuff april wine uh, there, there's some hits there that's from my all past. sherry oh yeah, yeah. that's yeah. i mean sherry is she's such a music buff and that's that's really her generation she loves the old rock and roll songs um and i've been exposed to it more thanks to her yeah because the the parents on the show are kind of hippies, right? They're kind of from oh, that era, and totally pot smoking hippies. Yeah. <laughs> Had you worked with any of these folks before this the show? Um, no, I hadn't worked with any of them. And um, when this came to me, it was during COVID. Um, <clears throat> in fact, it was quite early into COVID. Uh, Sherry and I were supposed to meet in person in February of 2020. Yeah. And uh, this was right when, you know, it was kind of picking up in the news about this epidemic or this virus. And then I remember uh, the day that we were supposed to meet, I think everything shut down. Um, And I was like, well, there goes that. I really like the script. Um, I'm really upset about so many things, (laughs) aside from the fact that we're in lockdown now. Um, This thing will never get made. And we, we kept in touch. Um, and she said, you know, this, this will actually get made, Jen. And I said, uh, sure it will, Sherry. Great. Keep me <laughs> in the loop. Um, and, uh, and then we had a, a Zoom meeting and <clears throat> had a really good talk about the character in the show. Still me, of course, not believing it would get made. And then, uh, and then, yeah, probably in April, she said, okay, we're starting to cast this thing. So, uh, you know, we're going to start casting your siblings now. I was like, well, what? Not only, oh did it get, not only did it get it made, you renewed for a third season already, and the second has oh. been begun. Congratulations. I know. Thank you. But I remember when we, when she had me reading with all these actors who would potentially play my siblings, I don't, I didn't know. You know, I also, because I've been living in the States for so long, I, I, I don't know what the pool of Canadian talent is right now. But man, person after person that we said, they're just so good. This cast is so, so talented. They're so good. And everyone from Peter, who's been, you know, Peter McNeil, who's been doing this for so many years and he's so well respected and he's just magical as an actor to the the two kids who play my, my, you know, my son and daughter who are so young and, and so talented like everyone is just off the charts it's just i'm i feel so lucky they all make me better well it's a great ensemble for sure so it's fun to watch finally last question um 
favorite all-time TV theme song? Golden Girls, baby. Does it get any better? <laughs> no. I mean, who doesn't who doesn't answer Golden Girls? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it, yeah, you're right. It's, it's a great choice. So uh, that, that's a show that you had a fondness for back in the day, I assume. I loved it, but you know I, that was another must must watch for me. I've I've always been a TV buff. It's you know funny that I ended up in this business, yeah, because I'm a major. T- I just love 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 TV. I've always loved TV, but yeah, Golden Girls. When I was a kid, I was like, oh, these hilarious old ladies and their silly jokes. Now you watch it and you're like, these broads were dirty, <laughs> uh, right? So that's yeah. kind of show. Yeah, that a kid can watch fit, and not get all the dirty jokes. They would have fit um, right in on Moonshine. So I know. Agreed. People uh, watch Moonshine Sundays on CBC, also CBC Gem. Jennifer, I'm going to insist all my guests from now on do the podcast from bed. It's a really nice way to do it. I'm very comfortable. I could do this all day. How many hours do you have, Bill? <laughs> thank you. Thank you so very much for uh, giving up some time this morning and Thanks enjoy the rest. Me. Of yeah, it was, it was awesome. Thanks a lot. Such a pleasure. Thank you. Say hi to Jonathan. Will do. Take okay. care. Bye-bye. Bye. Jennifer's pick for her all-time favorite theme song is Thank You for Being a Friend the theme to the Golden Girls. As Jennifer says, who doesn't pick the Golden Girls as one of their favorite TV themes? It certainly has traveled down the road and back again. The song was written and originally recorded by Andrew Gold in 1978. He claimed he wrote it in less than an hour and saw it as a little throwaway thing. NBC repurposed the song in 1985 when the Golden Girls premiered. And then they hired veteran jingle singer Cindy Fee to record the TV version. Thanks as always to Phil Hong for producing this podcast. I'd also like to single out Katie Brio for designing the main Brio TV site. I'm grateful as well to all the amazing publicists for arranging these interviews. Thanks to our sponsors, and yes, thanks to you for listening. If you enjoyed this conversation, please spread the word with a like or a review. And remember, you can always catch up on TV news and reviews daily at brio.tv. I'm Bill Brio. Thanks for listening.